my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with Watson X Governance. Learn more at ibm.com slash governance. IBM, let's create. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash covers your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized, soft and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. For the third year, Olay Body is a proud sponsor of iHeartRadio and P&G's Can't Cancel Pride and supporter of the LGBTQ plus community. So this pride glow with confidence, not just all month, but all year long. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Just a quick heads up, this episode was filmed while I was on medical bed rest, so it might sound a little bit different in terms of sound quality than the rest of our episodes. There Are No Girls on the Internet is a production of iHeartRadio and Unbossed Creative. I'm Bridget Todd, and this is There Are No Girls on the Internet. After the release of Dave Chappelle's new comedy special, The Closer, on Netflix, Netflix staffers and their allies spoke up about the special's transphobic material and organized a walkout. Chappelle doubled down in a newly released clip where he said Netflix staff said they wanted a safer work environment, but that he's the only one who's not able to get into the building at Netflix anymore. Seems like I'm the only one that can't go to the office anymore. But you want to know someone who most definitely cannot get back into the Netflix building? B. Paggles Minor. 
a very pregnant Black trans former program manager who Netflix fired for alleging they were the source of a Bloomberg article about just how much money Netflix spent on the special. Now, B disputes this, as do their coworkers. And even after B was fired, Bloomberg continues to publish new internal metrics from Netflix, making it even more unlikely. B, along with Tara Field, a trans Netflix senior software engineer who was suspended for tweeting critically about the special, have filed suits with the National Labor Relations Board, saying that Netflix engaged in activity to quell employees from speaking up about working conditions, including seeking to create a safe and affirming work environment, speaking up about Netflix products and the impact its product choices have on the LGBTQ community, and providing support for employees whom Netflix has treated in an unlawful and disparate manner. And as much as Dave Chappelle keeps talking about how he's being canceled, you know, naturally, as one does, from a massive stage in front of a massive adoring audience while earning millions for it, the demands of the Netflix staffers who walked out do not include asking Netflix to take down the comedy special. Instead, Netflix staffers are asking for things like comparable investment in trans and non-binary-led projects at Netflix and more trans and non-binary people in leadership positions. He is clear that this is about so much more than one comedy special. So my name is B. Pagels Minor. My pronouns are they, them, theirs. And my current title is Growing a Baby. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's about it. So I read your Washington Post piece and I read the piece on your blog, both of which really talked about this journey for you really kind of fully embracing who you are. And I guess one of my questions for you was like, What was it like to feel seen in that way, you know, um, to share this truth about yourself? Like, were you, did you feel seen working at Netflix? Was this something that, you know, felt like, felt like a good fit? Yeah. You know, it's really interesting because I would say yes and no. Right. So like in terms of the internal environment at Netflix, I definitely felt like I had a lot of support to be a black person, a trans person, a lesbian you know, loud, you know, <laughs> someone who dissents very loudly, things like that. But but one of the, the complaints I've always had and, and something that obviously is coming up again here is the lack of content. So it was so strange to be like this internal employee, feel pretty validated, feel pretty supported. But then when I looked at the things that were on screen, I didn't see anything that looked like me. And that cognitive dissonance was one of the things that bothered me most about working there, right? You know, I really wanted to say like, you know, first of all, I'm from Mississippi. There are Black, actually, the majority of Mississippi is Black, right? Majority of Mississippi is also rural. You know, why don't we have shows about that? I watched P-Valley last year, and it was so funny because my friends were like, P-Valley doesn't seem like your type of show. I was like, it's about it's about Black people in Mississippi. I was so excited. <laughs> I was like, I, was like I, I finally get to see people who are like my family who, who that I grew up around. And so it was always like that, that little bit of like, yes, I feel good because I've got, I have great benefits. I have a great salary. I get to be loud. I'm doing some of the best work of my life. But no, because I really feel like we're missing the mark on showing representative lives of diverse types of people. Conversations around identity and representation at Netflix did not start with Dave Chappelle. Internally, Netflix staffers have been pushing these conversations about whose story gets told and by who and how for years. Like many companies, Netflix has employee resource groups, or ERGs, employee-led initiatives within a company that work to create inclusivity along certain demographics and identities. There's Dream at Netflix to champion immigrant representation, Black at Netflix, Lachaim 
at Netflix for Jewish representation, Vetflix for veteran representation, Indigenous at Netflix, and more. Transstar is the ERG that champions trans identity and representation at Netflix that B helped lead. And after the release of the film Girl, a 2019 Belgian film about a trans ballet dancer that faced criticism for its depiction of things like body dysmorphia and self-harm in the trans community. It's so easy for people to think that these conversations happening internally around Netflix and the and the content they produce, sort of, and sort of the way that the content represents or does not represent all folks, you know, trans identities, mm-hmm. all of that. Uh, it's easy to think that those conversations began and ended with this Dave Chappelle special, but we know that's not true. Can you give me a little bit of a history lesson of where these conversations at Netflix actually did start? So the trans-specific conversation started around the release of Girl. So the Girl movie, it was definitely, a, a, it was a misrepresentation of trans culture. And that's when, you know, it was almost three years ago. That's when people first started asking questions about, hey, like, why did we put that out there? This is harmful content. It's not true. It's a terrible representation of trans culture. Separately, I was also the ERG, ERG lead for Black Ed, right? And the Black Ed is the oldest ERG out of all the ERGs. And they've been talking about that for like six or seven years, mm. right? So for six or seven years, they've been talking about Black content, Black representation, making sure content's there. So the conversation around content and having it be representative is in the DNA of Netflix for diverse people who've worked there. The question has simply been, why the heck has it not moved forward? Like, why the heck have we not gotten to the point that the content really reflects all of this this internal debate, internal conversation that's been been very, very robust? And in fact, when you actually think about it, you know, a lot of the comments that have been made is, oh, well, Netflix is one of the first places that ever had a trans person. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we know Laverne was on Orange is the New Black. You know, we we know, you know, Nomi from Sensei. But at the same time, if you can only name two or three, that's probably not a good way to, to go about this. You know? And then we also know when Laverne was on Orange is the New Black, they were dubbing her words with men in other countries. Right? What? Yes, they really were. I did not know that. And it was so offensive. And for instance, Transstar is another great example of when Transstar was consulted by the dubbing team and they were like, so how should we deal with this in the future? And we were like, well, you know, we understand that in different countries, in different languages, it might be difficult to find someone who perfectly matches someone's voice. And if that is the case, just ask the person what they think. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't just make an arbitrary decision. Seek out support, create relationships and honor people by letting them be represented in a way that makes the most sense to them. Right. You know, that actually brings up a good point, which is that I was very surprised to hear that the Trans Employee Resource Group was not really consulted at all in the rollout of this special. And so part of me was like, why even have this group at Netflix if you're not going to actually empower them to be involved when things like this are rolled out? And so for the sake of argument, let's say that the Trans Employee Resource Group had been consulted during this rollout. Are there things that you could have seen y'all actually like suggesting to make this less harmful? Yeah, and that's been that's actually been the number one point here. Like there's no desire to stop creative freedom, right? Like the simple fact is there are contracts, you 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 move forward with the content based on those contracts, but there's no desire to stop them. And so when I, you know, thought about it, when I first saw it, I was just like, why did y'all decide to release this in October during LGBTQ plus history month? Like that's a terrible idea. You know, why did you not think about the term turf 
and how that because that became the, the 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 like klaxon like that became the thing that everyone was focused on and in fact it, it was external groups who were just like you know dave chappelle's a turf netflix released this it was all external people who were completely incensed that they saw something like that and so it, it like you know we could have said you know the trans star group could have said by the way you may want to just cut that joke like you know you may want to like you know tweak that or like ask and the thing is is and when i say that i mean talk to dave about it and say dave your bigger point is this like lgbtq plus movement versus black movement and your point is going to get lost because of this statement mm -hmm. right and so it's about making the content get to his point versus having all of this furor around it and so that's the thing that's what trans star does that's what trans star has always offered to do one of the other things that I did as Transstar lead was also to meet with content executives and all, and I called it the friendship offensive. And all we would do is go have conversations with these folks and say, hey, we're humans, we're great. We can help you make great content. And I'm gonna tell you some of the, the pieces of you know productions that we worked on, I know for a fact that they're so much better because we just sat down with those people and told them different ways. And they would send us emails and say, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And all we did was consult. You know, it was never, oh, like, you know, we are the, the, the we are the, the barrier to this amazing thing being created. It was, how can we make it better so that Netflix's reputation isn't harmed, so that trans people aren't harmed, and so that people get a good message out of it? That's such a good point, because the only thing I have heard about this uh, comedy special is the transphobia and the turf comments and the, and the JK Rowling comments. Whatever the other point Dave was trying to make, it did not reach me. It did not reach Twitter. And I don't, I have to wonder, like, was that actually his, like, I, I feel like if he had been open to be thought partners with you all, his special would have been that much better, that much more, you know, just that much more truthful and authentic. And it's like, what a missed opportunity to make something better and also less harmful. Like, what a win-win that was just missed. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I saw someone tweet, they were like, I haven't seen anyone drop a, a, a video, a gif, a meme of the special that had a joke in it. And they were like, how can the special be successful if they haven't dropped a single one? And I was like, you have a point. They've only dropped the really incendiary thing. And so, go, and so to your point, it is true. Like, you know, I do feel like the special could have been so much more powerful if there had been that partnership, because I do think, I understand what he's trying to say. I disagree with it, right? Like, I, and, and I would say this because to a certain extent, the, the special is trying to pit LGBTQ plus versus the civil rights movement. I am a black trans person. I'm at the intersection of these two groups. I get screwed over by both groups, right? Like, like, like legitimately I get screwed over by both groups. And so like, I do think that this oppression Olympics, like one movement hurting another movement, I don't think that's true. In fact, if you think about the same-sex marriage law that went into effect many years ago, they actually, you know, used Loving versus Virginia as part of their their logic behind it because they're saying that minority individuals deserve the same rights as anyone else in this country. And so the, I actually think that both the civil rights movement and the LGBTQ rights move, movement are like they're intrinsically linked, mm -hmm. and we would be empowered by uniting them versus assuming that one happens over the other one.
And it just, I mean, I completely agree. We're, we're definitely, our movements are stronger together when we support each other. And it completely erases people at the intersections like yourself. It, I, something about Dave's comedy seems to suggest that LGBT, the LG, it's like that book, all the women are white, all the men are black, right? Like all the LGBTQ folks are just default white. All of the black folks are default cis. And it's like, it completely erases that people exist at those intersections in a way that I feel like it's so like 1997, like, like yes. get your, get your attitudes and your ideas into 2021, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And the simple fact is, you know, I think it was time like three or four years ago, they were talking about what the future of the world's going to look like. And all those people had melanin. Okay. <laughs> right. Like that's, I mean, let's just be truthful. The way that the world is actually changing, the way that it's actually evolving. I mean, even Gen Z, such a large percentage of Gen Z around the world is completely open to not only LGBTQ plus people, but they're coming out increasingly earlier. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have like, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 15, 16, you know, year olds come out and saying, yeah, I'm a part of the LGBTQ plus community, which is not something that has ever happened before. The world is changing rapidly. Right. And so the fact that we continue to have these like very antiquated conversations is just very disturbing to me and is a sign of how some people are like, this is why you have to be thoughtful and you have to listen. Right. Like I am now considered an elder, like, cause you know, I'm over a certain age. I'm an elder now, right, in my community. Because in the trans community, most, like, so there's been a statistic that says that many Black trans people do not make it to the age of 35. Mm. I am not over 35. So I'm like a grandparent. Like, that's, wow. how, that's how they perceive me. And it's just so interesting to me because even for me, I have to take a step back and listen to the younger people. Because they're like, you're more conservative than I am. And I was like, oh, I, I guess I am, right? Because I grew up in a completely different generation. I came out much later because I was afraid. And you don't have that fear mechanism that keeps you from being your whole self. And I actually admire you. What do you need me to help you with? Because you're so much further along than I was. And all I'm trying to do is make sure that you have a safe place to land. That's beautiful. First of all, I would have never thought you were over 35. But that's yeah. so beautiful. You know, so this is, that's Black Don't Crack. It's so true. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be to be. 
Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and you can't get a hold of anyone. If only you had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right, a real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discovery.com slash credit card. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ plus community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin, not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! And we're back. In 1987, Eddie Murphy released his stand-up special, Eddie Murphy Raw. And Murphy has this whole bit about how gay people didn't like his homophobic jokes. And how whenever he goes out to parties or out on the town, he feels like there's going to be a gay mob out looking for him. Only he doesn't say gay people. He uses a slur. And it won't be no siren. It'll be a real fag sitting on the roof going, Now something about this line, the idea of a gay person strapped to the top of a car as a siren really stuck with me. And the takeaway for me when I was watching was that gay people are basically less than human and that pointing this out is funny. I mean, like, listen to this crowd. They were loving it. And I interpreted that making fun of gay people was a clear pathway to acceptance from others. Now, I was watching this when I was just a kid. I'd already known that something was up with me, but I had not yet come to terms with being a queer person. And I watched the way that these kinds of jokes about gay people got Eddie Murphy so much loud, clear acceptance from other Black people. And it was confusing to me at a time when I was already really confused. In 2019, Eddie Murphy actually revisited his past homophobic comedy routines. In an interview with The New York Times, he said that he looks back on all those old jokes and cringes. I was a young guy processing a broken heart and kind of an asshole, he said. He apologized for spreading homophobia and ignorant comments about HIV, saying that he's much more educated now. I now have a whole lifetime of experiences to draw upon. There was a time when I was at the center of everything, what I was doing and how funny I was and how popular I was. I'm not the center anymore, he said. Now, instead of railing against being canceled by the PC police, he reflected. He evolved. There's this attitude I've heard over and over again that what a comedian says on stage is just a joke. It doesn't have any real-world impact. Now, there are scores of studies that suggest otherwise. And B puts it another way. 
if someone is starting out from a place where many of the messages around them are telling them that they aren't even a full person, adding to that chorus makes things that much harder. Something that I, I, I'm kind of kind of almost sick of hearing is this idea that like, oh, it's just jokes, it's just jokes. I'm sure I don't need to tell you that study after study after study has shown, you know, a direct correlation between transphobic rhetoric and anti-trans violence. And so, you know, what do you say to people who are like, oh, comedy specials don't translate to real world harm? Like, like, what do you, you probably, I know that I have heard that argument over and over again. Like, what do we say to stuff like that? So first of all, we know that's not 100% true. Because if that was not, if that was true, then a five-year-old could watch a rated R movie, right? Like, we know that the content on the screen impacts people. Now, the thing is, is that that doesn't mean that, like, today, after they watch the special, they're going to go out and beat up someone who's trans. But that does mean that someone is forming an opinion about trans people based on the content that they're seeing, and that they could be discriminatory towards trans people, or they could be violent towards trans people later. We also know that the content that exists on the screen also internally impacts the people who are the, 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 the target of that content, right? So like, you know, we also think about self-harm. If you're seeing this type of content, if you're seeing people talk about this in this type of dialogue, and you already are in a place where you're not a whole person, right? You know, I was, I, when I first started out, I used to tell people, you know, naturally I am, I wake up every day with my glass half empty, right? I'm a diverse person. I'm a multi-diverse person. And so I hear constantly, whether it's about me being Black and potentially being less than, whether it's about me being non-male and somehow not being strong, whether it's about me being trans and my differentness there, whether it's about me, you know, being married to a woman and how different that is. You know, what it's like about me being married to a white woman and how I've betrayed my race. Like all of these things are coming through constantly. And so when you put out this content, all it's doing is trying to diminish the little bit that's in that glass, right? The little bit of hope in the dreams there. I'm very fortunate because I have an amazing support system and I have an amazing amount of education and fiscal ability because I've been so successful in technology for so long that I have been able to fill that glass back up to almost full. But many people cannot. And so when you think about this content, all it's doing is diminishing the potential of those people. And then we lose out on that potential. Like as a society, we are literally losing out on bright lights who could help change this world because of the content we're choosing to pursue out there without also making sure that we put out affirming content too. How hard is it to make another pose? Really, pose was pretty cheap. It was really cheap. You know, we could make like five poses and people would be so happy. That's such a good point. And I think it takes me, it takes me to this idea that is obviously bullshit, but this idea that, oh, these Netflix staffers, they want to cancel Dave Chappelle. But when you actually look at the demands that staffers were putting forth at Netflix, it's stuff like, you know, can we invest in, in a comparable way for trans and gender nonconforming and non-binary creators, you know, can we elevate tra- like trans content, like the disclosure documentary, which I love, you know, can we, can we promote that on the platform? It is such common sense things. And yet it gets sort of, I don't know, telephoned into, they want to cancel Dave Chappelle. And I guess my question is, 
how do we combat this idea when there are so many people who are just hell-bent on believing the absolute worst about the intentions here? Because when you actually look at the demands, it's just like what you're saying, like invest in trans and gender non-conforming creators and that will actually improve the platform. Netflix will be better for it. And yet that gets sort of mistranslated into something that's just completely not true. I mean, Oprah said it best. Oprah was just like, there's just some people you're not going to convince, right? You're just not going to convince. That's not the people we're trying to convince. We're trying to find that middle ground of people. The middle ground of people who are still trying to learn to be educated, who just want to know more. And so that that's the, that's the main thing I'm focusing on, right? The reason I've agreed to go on these podcasts and things like that is to spread this message. Because the people who listen to you, the people, the people who are look, looking at the op-ed, those people are the ones who still have that ability to be swayed. And the thing about that is, is if, if we sway a few of those people, they're also related to the mother people, mm-hmm. right? And so hopefully they'll go in and say, hey, I want to hear that today, right? And and also this new thing, hopefully, if you know Netflix moves forward with, with meeting some of these demands, there'll be a new piece of content out there at some point that they watch that has a trans character in it that they love just because it's a good show. And then eventually that'll work out. Like this is a long-term, this is a marathon. This is not a short-term thing. We're not going to change everyone's mind short-term. And the thing is we shouldn't. If it was that easy to change people's minds, this wouldn't be such hard work, right? When you think about, you know, uh, the other day, Whoopi Goldberg was talking about the civil rights movement and she was talking about the fact that if we had waited for people to change their mind on the value of black people, black people still wouldn't have the right to vote today. Mm. And I feel as though this is the same exact conversation. The same exact conversation that, you know, there's still so much movement we have to do for trans people, for black people, for women, for Latinx people, for Asian people. This is a nonstop marathon to have diverse people be seen as equal and have the equity they deserve in this country. The conditions that you all are creating, I think, can create change that is lasting, that's meaningful, that is, that reverberates. It is. It, it does not begin and end with Dave Chappelle's funky special. Like this is a movement that ha- that has long, t- longer term longevity, and I just like love to see that. And I feel like in every statement and you know thing that the that the staffers have put out, that's been so salient to me. So I just like loved to see that so much. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I it's kind of a personal pet peeve of mine. So many of the people that I talk to on this podcast. You know, they are marginalized people. They are historically underrepresented people. They work in tech companies, tech platforms. They are the ones who are putting in all this hard work of making these companies and these platforms look progressive or woke or with it. Now, internally, they might be ostracized for this work. They might be punished for this work. They might be fired for this work. But the companies are super okay with taking credit for it and being like, yeah, we're a woke company. We're so progressive. Yes, all of that. You know, do you feel like that's sort of happening here, that it is staffers who are already marginalized, who are making, like, giving Netflix the shine to be like, oh, we are with it, woke, progressive, new, fresh, all of that, but also behind the scenes, punishing those same staffers? You know, the one thing I will say is, is that there had been an internal movement before I was let go to start rewarding people who worked with ERGs financially right you know to 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 take that into account for their review 
And it was the first time I'd ever been in a company that had actually had that that conversation. But I will say that this is thankless work typically, right? You know, you're doing all this work to create an environment that's great, that makes the company look great. And a lot of people don't really see that as a part of your work. And so that's something that needs to change, right? Because ERG work, not only does it, you know, help the company see what's going wrong, but it also helps retain talent. I can't tell you how many times I was asked to participate in something, whether it was, you know, Transstar or Black Hat, that helped make sure that a person didn't leave Netflix, mm-hmm. right? Because I was able to help negotiate and, and explain to people what was going on. You know, when it came to the company culture, making sure that they understood where the culture had issues, you know, that type of work is super, super important. And it also is something that, you know, is it's 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 invaluable, right? It's invaluable. There's no way to calculate how much that does for the company. And so I do think that this is something companies really need to think about is how do you figure out what that value is? Because it is a differentiator between you retaining someone and not retaining someone. People want to work at companies where they feel respected and safe. And I think that like that is a conversation that I that I feel like is easy to be missed in this particular situation is that like I, I wouldn't it doesn't surprise me that people are not necessarily feeling respected, listened to, seen, heard, valued, safe. And I feel like these days people are unwilling to attach themselves to companies that do not respect them. And I think that's great. But people want to feel respected in their workplaces. And, you know, I saw that statement that the CEO of Netflix put out where he was like, oh, you know, this I handled this badly, all of that. But not seeing the way that that trickles down to the staff, like the, the, the at the top decisions make people feel so disrespected and unseen and unheard and unvalued. And how there are people like yourself who are going in and plugging those leaks and doing the work of of doing some recon and saying like, you know, are you thinking about leaving? How are you feeling? Like, talk to me about where you're at, where your, where your head is at, all of that. You know, that is valuable work. Yeah. And not only that, but also his apology, which I will say is not an apology, said <laughs> like one of them was like, oh, it's because we've been working from home. They, they forgot how good they have it. And I was like, that's what an abusive relationship said. Yeah. Like, I hate you today. <laughs> So that you, you should appreciate me. And I'm just like, but you hit me the other day. Like, I don't, I, like, it doesn't work like that. So, yeah, no, I definitely feel like, you know, it missed the mark, right? Because it, it really is more about how do you show up, right? You know, folks ask me, like, what should those emails, those first memos or emails should have said? And I said, it's very simple. It should have said, hey, we dropped the ball on this one. We should have done a better job. Let's talk. And that's three sentences. His actual memo was like two pages. But it's two three pages sentences. to say nothing. <laughs> exactly. And so like, that's the thing. Apologies are just apologies. Like you don't have to like, you don't have, it doesn't have to be convoluted. You don't have to justify yourself. It is apologize, have a conversation, figure out corrective action, don't do it. Again. More after a quick break. Popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, 
selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help, and you can't get a hold of anyone. If only you had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right, a real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discovery.com slash credit card. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ plus community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin, not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing. And of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. Oracle.com strategic. Let's get right back into it. I saw that Dave Chappelle said that he'd be willing to meet with Netflix staffers. That no longer includes you because Netflix fired you, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that would be like, would you be willing to meet with him? Do you feel like that would be fruitful or productive? Or would that be like, is that just like not even where your head is at? I mean, I would totally meet with him. The whole point of this is to educate people, right? And Dave says that he cares, right? Like, so that's some of the part of his statements too. He's like, this, this isn't me versus them. You know, this is about, you know, other things. And so I would be glad to meet with him. And, and also, I don't have to be there. I could also, you know, if he wants to reach out, I can help him connect with the Netflix people as well. Because this isn't about me, right? This is about the work and the making sure this work gets done. Um, and I, I hope that he would actually listen. And actually, I think he had mentioned recently, he was, you know, he said something like, but you have to have watched the special. And I'm like, we, like, we all have either read the transcript or watched the special. So we've already done all of our homework. I would ask him <laughs> to look up what turf ideology actually means. Um, and also understand a little bit more about transgender biology, you know, just so we can actually start off on the same playing field in terms of, you know, what we're talking about. But other than that, I, I let's go for it. In the piece that I read on your blog, you referenced this like really famous um, Baldwin quote 
Uh, to be a Negro in this country is to be relatively conscious, and to be relatively conscious is to be in the, a rage most of the time. And you kind of had your own spin on it. You said, to be a Black trans person in America is a study in courage and a fierce desire to not be forgotten. And so it just seems like Black trans folks are so easily erased and forgotten, not just in this conversation, but everywhere. And, you know, y'all have always been here. Y'all are part of our history. And I guess I wonder, do you find yourself feeling like you have to constantly create these monuments to your existence so that it doesn't get erased? And not just monuments to your existence, but this idea that, you know, tra Black trans existence is more than just like trauma and pain, making, making sure that there's room for Black trans joy, Black trans dreams, Black trans brilliance. Like, how do we build monuments to all to the 360 degrees that is Black transness? Yeah, you know, it's so funny. I was talking to my cousin because, you know, my cousin, he he was talking about, you know, the special and um, how it didn't hit for him. And we started talking about Black trans people. And, on um, you know, Trans Day of Remembrance, the majority of the names that's going to be read out as people who've been killed this year are Black trans people. And it's so interesting because those people are just the people we know about. Those are the people who had someone who advocated for them who said, this person was a Black person. This person was a trans person. Because many people don't have legal name changes. Like, they don't have any, they don't have people who are affirming of their identity um, to, to represent their story. In fact, I was telling my cousin that I'm so fortunate because, like, my legal name is B. Like, this is the name I chose. My documents show that I'm a trans person. There's an entire reflection now in the, zeit, the zeitgeist that says that I am B. So no one can take my story from me, right? No one can take my story from me. And so that is the point, is the fact that so many people live these amazing, colorful, beautiful lives that are cut short. And because of the fact that as a society, we're not quite where we need to be to understand and be respectful of that identity, right? It's actually really funny because people talk about that you should have privacy in your home. But what we actually talk about, like what we actually see for Black trans people is that as soon as you die, your privacy goes away. You become a part of the public conversation and they choose who you are. And so that's the thing about all of this. This is about choice. It's like, why do we choose to harm? Why do we choose to defame? Why do we choose to let people be forgotten when we know they existed and they should be honored as such? And so that is the real core piece of this. And so... It is a, it's an increasingly frustrating thing for me because even, you know, I, there's a, a, a young man from Mississippi who was killed recently and his entire family misgendered him. And it's his family, it's his chosen family who has done this work to get out the message of who he was. And I just think it's someone else from Mississippi who is just so fortunate that I get to control my story. I mean, it's like it was Hamilton. Who will tell your story? If Hamilton's wife wasn't so bombed, who knows what we would know about Alexander Hamilton, right? Like, you know, that's the thing that's crazy about this. That's beautiful. B, where can folks support you, support Black trans folks more broadly, and what should folks do to support the Netflix staffers who are continue to, continuing to speak out? So first and foremost, for the Netflix staffers, continue to spread the message about what's really been asked for. So if you um, look at Twitter, there's a trans at Netflix Twitter handle. And so the asks are there. Continue to share those asks so that people can understand what the real ask is here. Two, 
um, watch trans things. So disclosure documentary is great. Also watch Pose because Pose really. So as as a young per, young black trans person coming up, Pose that actually definitely represents a lot of my community that I first met and who who helped me become cool because I was a dork. Um, so I think that's really great to support black trans content, especially Pose too. Um, and then for just generally, th this is just the beginning, right? So this is just the beginning. So there's a lot of organizations out there. So Trans Lifeline is a great organization. Howard Brown Health in Chicago is one of the premier institutions treating trans folks and doing research on trans folks. Um, the Transgender Law Center is also an amazing place to support too. They're doing really, really great work. GLAD is a great place to support because they're trying to help talk about this media representation and change that. And then for me, I'm B Pagels Minor everywhere. Follow me on Twitter, you know, because that's really where I post a lot of content that I find that I think is very interesting. They can help people understand a little bit more context as well. Um, but first and foremost, educate yourself. You know, if there's a curiosity that you have that you don't really know what's going on, chances are there's a document, there's a, someone who's tweeting about, there's someone who can help give you that context so that you can feel more comfortable. Because like, you know, this is a long journey. Like, you know, it, it's definitely not something that you figure out overnight. Mm. Okay, I actually have one last curveball question for you. You strike me as someone who likes movies, likes TV, likes music. Do you remember a time when a piece of media or a piece of content or a piece of art made you feel seen and affirmed? Pose is a great example of something for me where I cried when I first saw it. Like, I could not believe that those were the, the, the like the the drag shows, the ballroom. I was just like, this is this is literally what I first got exposed to, right? So this is before I came out as trans, because like I was, I refused to acknowledge the fact that I was trans. And I was in Memphis, Tennessee. I was home from college, and my mother, my mother of all people, took me to the club to see a drag show because she was just like, I feel like you need to see this. I was like, mamas know. They know. They know. <laughs> Moms <really> know. <laughs> and so like, I ended up going to this drag show with my mother, which was really bomb. And I met a bunch of like, a bunch of like the drag community, you know, who are also trans. And so some of the first things imposed, like literally feel like they were exactly the exact same thing from when I first came out or when I first started to discover that maybe I might be different. And so that's a huge thing. And the, the second example, which is like really strange, and I don't know why I feel this way about this, but the second example is Purple Rain. So I think it's because of Princess Androgyny. And so like, I kind of felt like, you know, I was like, I felt a little seen. And also it was so complicated, right? Because he was like this brilliant artist, but he's also so like messed up. And like, I just felt like I just really got it. Because like I just yeah, and so I I, I mean I watched I rewatched that movie like probably multiple times a year, and the whole soundtrack is like that's my soundtrack. If I'm in a mood, I gotta I gotta listen to that soundtrack. So, B, you are you have no idea if if I could turn you around and show you all the different Prince iconography in my apartment. <laughs> Purple Rain is my thing. Prince is my thing. And again, like it, Prince was someone who made me feel seen, especially in the black community, because you know. I grew up in the South and I grew up with my uncles making gay jokes and using slurs and everybody liked Prince. Like it didn't matter. Like even though there was like Prince was androgynous, even though Prince was like, my, as my uncles would say, fruity, people fucked with Prince. And so to see the yeah. power that he had in our community was 
it was intoxicating. I completely feel you on the Prince. Completely feel you. And you know, and he could get anybody he wanted, man, woman, <laughs> yes. trans, like anybody in the whole world. I'm pretty sure Prince could walk into a room and just look at you. You'd be like, "I right, okay, where are we gonna go?" Yeah, like, I think that's the other part of it is that it just completely redefined what masculinity, what femininity, what everything was. And I think that that's one of those things that he probably did more work for so many different types of people than almost any other artist, and he wasn't trying to. Not a woman, not a man, something you'll never understand. Exactly. The power of art, the pow- I mean, the power of representation, the power of art, the power of creativity, it's, it's unmatched. Got a story about an interesting thing in tech or just want to say hi? You can reach us at hello at tangodi.com. You can also find transcripts for today's episode at tangodi.com. There Are No Girls on the Internet was created by me, Bridget Todd. It's a production of iHeartRadio and Unboss Creative. Jonathan Strickland is our executive producer. Tari Harrison is our producer and sound engineer. Michael Amato is our contributing producer. I'm your host, Bridget Todd. If you want to help us grow, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And hmm. not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.